Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adoption Hacks. I'm your host, Candace Laycock. Before we get to today's episode, I get to tell you that Fawn and Foster, who we've talked about on the podcast before, is offering a special giveaway to Adoption Hacks listeners. They are offering a $100 shop credit to their store, which is incredible. So please go to the Adoption Hacks Instagram or Fawn and Foster's Instagram and see all the details there. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome, Maria. You're our first ever return guest. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, Maria was on the very first episode of Adoption Hacks. She did an episode about how to choose an adoption agency, and it is the still the most popular episode of Adoption Hacks. So if you're interested in that, make sure you go back to the library and check that out. Um, Maria is an adoption worker. Uh, she's worked in the adoption field for years. She's an adoptive mom, and she's a marriage coach on the side. So she is the complete perfect person to talk about this subject today. <laughs> And this is a definitely a, a subject that I've gotten asked about a lot. Um, and so all of these questions are actually from listeners. So thank you guys for sending in your questions. I can't wait to dive into them today with Maria. So the first question we have is, uh, we're just going to go through the stages of uh, marriage and adoption. Uh, so let's start at the very beginning. Uh, before a couple even adopts, how can they prepare and strengthen their marriage uh, before they even adopt? That is a great question. Uh, whenever a couple decides to expand their family, whether it is through adoption or foster care or even a biologically um, a biological child, it brings dramatic change to the family. Uh, the marriage is, of course, the foundation of the home. It's the foundation of the marriage. And if that foundation isn't solid and secure, then shaking that up with the addition of a child uh, will definitely highlight the weak areas in the foundation. So making sure that your marriage is a solid foundation is essential. Um, mm -hmm. There are several ways to prepare and strengthen a marriage before adoption or before going um, into foster care, becoming foster parents. The first thing you should do is look at your communication in your marriage. To gain an understanding of where there might be areas in your marriage that need strengthened, you really need to be talking about that with your spouse. You need to be having discussions with your spouse about where the areas are in your marriage that need strengthened and might need some work. Um, and then once you've identified what those areas are that need strengthened, um, discuss if these areas are things that need addressed before adopting or before starting the foster care process, or if they're things that just kind of need addressed in an ongoing matter. Um, the truth is we all have areas of our marriage that need strengthened constantly. Our marriages are always changing and no one has a perfect marriage, but the key is to identify what are the certain areas in your marriage that you feel need strengthened prior to going down this road. Because mm -hmm. um, this road, the road of adoption, the road of foster care, is very stressful. And so working on the areas that might need strengthened will make you better parents in the long run. Yeah. Um, so that that's the first step, I would say, is to just communicate internally within your marriage. And then the second step, I would say, is to get an 
external, outside perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You can talk to a counselor. You can talk to your pastor. You can talk to a marriage coach. Um, a few years ago, my husband and I worked with a marriage coach, and it was the most amazing experience for us in identifying what areas in our marriage needed to be strengthened. Uh, Another option would be taking some kind of marriage assessment. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different marriage assessments out there. One that I've constantly used in the professional realm is the prepare enrich assessments. And they have multiple types of marriage assessments and they actually have one that is specifically designed for pre-adoption, pre-foster care um, parents. And it's a marital assessment. It'll tell you kind of things that you would need to work on, things that you should look for as an adoptive parent or a foster parent where you and your spouse might not be aligned, different views that you have. Um, So it kind of brings some issues that you might have to the forefront. Hmm. So sometimes getting that outside perspective, um, unbiased, outside, external perspective can be really helpful. So Mm -hmm. I would say those are two of the main ways to to strengthen your marriage is just to be talking and getting a good assessment of your marriage between the two of you and then also getting an outside perspective too. Yeah, that's a really good point. A couple years ago, we did a marriage conference and just just putting time aside and getting some prompts, some questions to ask each other, you just realize that, you know, so many times you just get stuck in the the day-to-day and tasks and everything you have to do and you never just sit down and talk about your relationship. And it's so healthy to, to do that. Absolutely. Um, okay. Next question is, uh, a big one. <laughs> um, and it's, <laughs> it's the one I got a ton of. Um, so I know a lot of people, um, are going to get a lot out of this question, but what if one spouse isn't on board with adopting or fostering? It's an issue that I've seen so many times working in the adoption field, and it's not an uncommon issue. Um, But unfortunately, I've also been there when an adoption is dissolving and the adoptive parents are saying that one of the reasons they're dissolving the adoption is because they weren't both on board with it in the beginning. Hmm. So while this is a common issue, it shouldn't be um, minimized because Hmm. it is a major issue and should be taken seriously. The where this stems from a lot of times is that it's it's not uncommon for one of the individuals in the marriage to come to the desire to adopt before the other. Um, it typically takes some time for both individuals to come to the place where they feel ready to explore adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and there can be multiple reasons for this. I mean, you see um, whoever the... I don't like the term reluctant spouse, but a lot of times that's the term that you hear used. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the reasons that they'll have for that, that reluctance is, um, for instance, maybe they've just never seriously considered adoption before. I know before my husband and I got married, he had never ever considered adoption where I had thought about it my whole life. Um, Some, some people, sometimes the reluctant spouse will be concerned about the cost of adoption. Um, in some of those aspects, sometimes there is still the desire for a biological child, especially if the couple has struggled with fertility mm-hmm. um, and they haven't both uh, grieved that loss that they might not be able to have a child biologically. Mm-hmm. 
And then a lot of people struggle with just the fear of the unknown, the fear of bonding and attachment. And am I going to be able to love this child? And what about the birth parents? There, There's all these fears that, that play in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be any multitude of reasons um, and those reasons combined too uh, as to why both spouses might not be at the same point at the same time. Um, I don't want to be sexually gender specific stereotypical, but a lot of times you see the woman gets to the place where she is ready to adopt before the guy does. Mm -hmm. Um, And not to place gender roles on people, but a lot of times that's because men a lot of times are better at compartmentalizing. Um, and, but when they're doing that, so you say adoption, a lot of times they're the ones that think of the logistics of it, Mm -hmm. where the woman will think more about, Hey, there's this child in need and we need to help them. Yeah. And so the husband wants to help them too, a lot of times, but he has also those other concerns in his mind. Um, and that's not always, you know, gender role wise, that's not always how it is. It could be flipped. The husband could be ready before the wife. I've definitely seen those Mm -hmm. circumstances as well. Um, But it is very important to wait until both individuals want to move forward before beginning your adoption. It's a lot like having a biological child. One person, hopefully, does not move (laughs) forward without the permission of the other person. And they're both on board before moving forward with the plan. It's important that they're both on the same page. So if you are the spouse who is ready, there are several things that you can do. The first would be for you to discuss with your spouse why they aren't ready to adopt in a non-combative, non-defensive manner. Mm-hmm. Um, simply listen to them and take the time to listen to them. Um, the second step would be give them the time without bringing it up. I know when my, I was definitely, like I said, ready to adopt way before my husband. And so I told him, uh, he knew this was the desire of my heart. I told him, I said, this is the desire. I have this desire to adopt. I need to stop like nagging you and bugging you about it and just give you time. So I'm not going to bring it up anymore. I just want you to know when you're ready, I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because he needed his time to explore it and process it um, because, because we did struggle with infertility. And so he had to come to that point as well. Mm-hmm. And then the third step would just be to, uh, to pray. If God is calling your family to adopt a child, he's going to put the desire in the heart of both you and your spouse. You just need to give it time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not your responsibility to call your spouse to adopt you need to leave that in god's hands and he'll take care of it Mm -hmm. yeah those are great tips thank you (laughs) no problem it's like i said it's common yeah all the time so yeah and you also see i'm sure that when the when you do those things when you give them time and when you give them some space then you know that the other spouse does begin to have a heart for that so it's that's really cool to see too and that is a beautiful, it's a beautiful process to watch that happen in the spouse that was reluctant at first and then gets on board mm-hmm. and it becomes their passion too. We have a lot more to discuss about marriage, but we're going to take a quick break and hear about an awesome new sponsor. Kindred & Co. is an adoption community that lifts up all voices in the adoption triad. Kindred believes that sharing stories is a powerful way to show both the beauty and the brokenness of adoption. 
Kindred & Co. creates modern, photo-focused profile books that have a lot more heart and less fun facts. They think expectant moms want to know more about you than your favorite food. Their custom profile books and profile book templates help families and hopeful adoptive parents tell their story in a way that connects with expectant moms considering adoption for their child. Kindred & Co. was the first profile book provider to have a birth mom on their team that coaches clients on how to write the difficult hello letter to expectant parents. Their books are to sit knee-to-knee with expectant moms considering adoption, talking with them, not at them. To learn more, you can visit www.kindredand.co. That's K-I-N-D-R-E-D-A-N-D.co. And also follow them on Instagram at kindredand.co. Co. I love this company so much because their books are so unique. Just go check out their website or Instagram to see what I'm talking about. They are just so appealing and you're really able to give a real look at who your family is, which is so cool. And they also really care about adoptive families and birth families as evidenced in their blog posts, which are super helpful. And you can check those out at kendredand.co forward slash blog. Let's get back to the show. So a lot of times when you're adopting, that child needs a lot of focus. And when all of your focus is given to a child who needs all of your attention, how can you still prioritize your spouse? That's a very good question. It's also a tough one because it's prioritizing your marriage is a lifelong journey. There's always going to be things that come up, whether you just got married and you're still in school, whether you're becoming new parents or you have work commitments, or I know some people that are caring for elderly parents, there's going to be these other commitments that come up and these other things that need prioritized. And sometimes, like with children, it's very easy to that commitment above your marriage but it's important to make sure that we put our marriages first so I kind of broke this down into two key areas where it's imperative for us to prioritize our marriage Um, and that would be in the area of communication and also in the area of sex um can I say sex on your podcast? Sure. <laughs> Good. A little disclaimer that this might not be for little years. If you look at empirical data that's been gathered from divorced couples, these are the two topics along with money issues that are typically within the top three issues leading to divorce. Hmm. Is issues with communication and issues with sexual intimacy. And let's face it, we we all know that when we're stressed, when we're exhausted, when we're overwhelmed we don't have time or energy for healthy communication and sex. Those are like the two things that go out the window mm-hmm. when when we're going through a difficult time or going through a stressful time. And adoptive parenting and foster parenting can be extremely stressful. So it's important to carve out time intentionally in your schedule to spend one-on-one with your spouse. Um, I know one of the things that my husband and I have done recently to increase the communication aspect is we started this thing called the Navigators Council, which is a book and journal that facilitates weekly discussions with you and your spouse, and you talk about your calendar, Hmm. and you talk about what's going on in your life, um, and it also has a little devotional, and so like that's one way that we have increased our communication and a lot of times like the only time we have to communicate is in the evenings of course after the kids go to bed Mm -hmm. um so we really tried to carve that out um 
regarding making sex a priority, I encourage a lot of people to check out the podcast One Extraordinary Marriage. Mm -hmm. The Christian podcast, so it comes from a godly perspective, and it's full of great ideas and information, um, and they're just very honest and real and forthcoming. It's a it's a wonderful Christian couple that lead that podcast. Mm-hmm. But but those are the two things I think that are important in prioritizing your marriage is making sure that you're having time to communicate with your spouse, and not just about the day to day things, but actually about each other and how each other are doing and the emotional connection. And then also making sure that your sex life is at what both you want it to be. You know, there's not like a, a number that you need to reach for a good, healthy sex life. But it's really about knowing what your spouse needs sexually and what you need sexually and, and discussing that and meeting each other's needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this can be so difficult because... Um, especially like right when you, right when a child comes into your family in your home, you ha- they need so much from you. And I mean, when we brought our son home, I would go the whole day and I would finally put him to bed. And then I would think, did I eat anything today? Did I drink anything? You know, it was just everything was about him and his needs. And, um, and so it, I wasn't even focusing on myself, much less my marriage, but you know, our kids need us to have a strong marriage and they one need to see it, but one, two, it's the foundation, like you said earlier, the foundation of our family. And, and so we have to focus, we have to give that priority to. Right. And I think it's important to recognize that there are times in our lives where our marriage is going to take a backseat. Like I know mm-hmm. after I had our biological child, you know, it was a cu- rough couple of months there adjusting and, uh, and we, we've talked about it. We both kind of said, well, this is a phase. We, you know, we know this. We're both exhausted and we're both tired and we're really going through this. And we're trying to focus on our marriage. But we know there's phases in our life where mm-hmm. our marriage might take a back seat. But you still need to be intentional about trying to, trying to prioritize and carve out time for each other. What are some things that adoptive parents specifically struggle with in their marriages? Why is this such an important topic? First, I would probably refer back to the previous question about prioritizing your marriage um, when it comes to communications and sex um, and remembering that the marriage is the foundation of the home and the foundation of the family and just grasping that and really holding on to that and being committed to making sure that your marriage is strong. Mm-hmm. Another, um, another difficult area is parenting adopted and foster children parenting adopted and foster kids and kids who have faced trauma can be really really hard and really trying um and it can especially be trying if both parents aren't aligned in their parenting techniques and tools and you see that quite often that that can be an area of strife in the marriage relationship Mm -hmm. so it's important to be on the same page and of course we all parent differently my husband is like the perfect parent. (laughs) He's so patient and he's so communicative with our kids and talks to them on their level. Um, and he's so good at that stuff and we just parent very differently and it's not like he's right and I'm wrong or vice versa. It's just that we parent differently. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to your core parenting values, we need to be in agreement. We need to be aligned. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully this is something that can be discussed and worked through before you adopt or become a foster parent. Like we talked about at the beginning, the things you can do before you adopt or become a foster parent. But if not, and if you're already parenting or fostering and you're struggling with these different 
differing parenting techniques and values, I would encourage you to do three things. Um, first would be make a list of what parenting values you do agree on. Um, come to some kind of peaceful understanding that there are things you guys agree on and, and focus on what your strengths are as parents. Mm-hmm. And then the second step would be to listen to your spouse. And I, I harp a lot of times on listening with listening to understand rather than listening to respond, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I'm really bad about listening to respond where <laughs> someone will be talking to me. And in my head, I'm already thinking of how I'm going to respond <laughs> rather than just listening to understand what they're saying mm-hmm. and trying to grasp what they're saying. Um, and it's important to remember it's not about who is right, but it's what is about what is best for your child. And to remember that you guys are on the same team here. Um, and then if, if you can't agree, I would encourage anyone to get an unbiased third party, preferably a professional, such as a coach or a therapist, a pastor, um, to help you come to a compromise. And just remember that compromising means meeting in the middle, mm. not one person completely giving into the other. Mm. And that's difficult in parenting techniques because a lot of times you you want to go your way um, or you go the other person's way, but it's really about you both giving a little bit and meeting in the middle. Yeah, that's a good point. So so I would say that's one of the biggest struggles that I probably see um, with couples is in the area of adoptive parenting. Okay. In addition to the whole prioritizing thing, which we already discussed. Um, And then what are some tools we need for strong and healthy marriages? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> well, the first and the most important, the all-time greatest tool that you need in your toolbox is a long list of babysitters and respite <laughs> providers. <laughs> Nice. And this uh, this can be the hardest thing, though, especially if you're fostering or you have a child that has some significant behavioral issues. Um, like I know some adoptive parents, and they just feel like they don't get breaks mm-hmm. because they, they don't have anyone that can handle the needs of their children. And so finding somebody that can take care of your kid, whether it's a babysitter for two hours or a respite provider for a weekend, can be really difficult. Um, So this is honestly, if you haven't adopted or started the foster care process yet, I would put this as one of the things to start preparing before you even start the process Mm -hmm. so that you know who your support people are. Mm -hmm. But I would put that on the top of uh, of my priority list, on the top of my tools list Mm -hmm. and then um as far as some of my favorite tools i'm a huge podcast person i love listening to podcasts and there's (laughs) (laughs) there's so many good marriage podcasts out there there's also marriage retreats Um, i know you mentioned that that you and anthony went on a marriage retreat i know my husband and i went on marriage retreat this year that was really good um if it were up to me, I would go to a marriage retreat every single year, yeah. but they can be expensive. So I try, right. I try to find the, the cheaper ones. I was looking at one today that was a little too expensive, mm. but yeah, really nice. And then another thing is journaling, uh, devotionals that you and your spouse can do together. Just making sure that you're on the same page and that you're staying connected. Um, I know we did um, the devotional Nightlight by James Dobson. 
and it was really good. And it was short. It wasn't too long, which is key for us, too, because a lot of times by the time we put the kids to bed, we're exhausted ourselves. Right. Um, so we like nice short devotionals. And then there's a ton of resources on Instagram and Facebook, too. Um, of course, you want to watch what you're getting into and making sure it's a godly, supportive, marriage-uplifting space and not a spouse-bashing kind of place, mm-hmm. uh, because there are those, for sure. But um, but there are plenty of tools on there. I know um, I, one of the tools that I that I facilitate is equipped to endure, which is on Instagram and Facebook. And it's just a marriage resource, a, um, for married people also for, you know, people that are just dating and in relationships. And it just has a bunch of tools and resources and uplifting devotionals and, uh, quotes and such for, for married couples and for people in relationships. So that's where I share a lot of the good resources that I find. Yeah. Uh, with other people because there's so much out there but a lot of times it's just hard knowing where to look so if you want to know any of my favorite podcasts or marriage retreats or books um you can definitely go to the equipped to endure instagram or facebook yeah and i like i'm looking through your feed right now and i love that you post specific episodes of the podcasts you like that's really helpful i do maybe i share too much on there how much they (laughs) how much they help me but (laughs) They're wonderful. It's a wonderful tool. We live in a great age as far as technology goes and mm-hmm. having those kind of resources to help us. I appreciate you answering these listener questions and, and sharing with us. It's going to mean a lot to people, I'm sure. Oh, no problem. And people can contact me through my Instagram or Facebook as well if they have any questions. Okay. And that um, Instagram is equipped underscore to underscore endure. And then on Facebook, it's just equipped to endure. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, Maria. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have an awesome week. Yeah.